Welcome to the Enduring Sound Doctrine Podcast. My name is Brother Chris Roberts Sr. And I'm the host of this podcast. I hope to enlighten someone, to encourage someone on their journey in Christ and to teach this doctrine that he has given us. But first of all, like everything, we must start out with a word of prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for this day, Lord God. We ask that you open the ears of your listeners. Hide your word in our heart, Lord God. These things we pray in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. So again, thank you and welcome. Um, I want to start by introducing myself. My name is Brother Chris Roberts, Sr. I am a husband, a father, and a student of the gospel. I was introduced to the Lord at a very young age. I was baptized in his name at the age of six, and I received the Holy Ghost by evidence of speaking in tongues when I was 10 years old. But I want you to understand what I believe in and why I believe it. And hopefully after a few of these podcasts, you will totally understand that and actually come along with me. And I want this to be interactive. Uh, By the end of this podcast, I will give out my Twitter handle and you can send me questions there. And hopefully, uh, you know, we'll have guests, we'll have an array of things that will go on. But I'm not here to try to make this flashy. Certainly the word of God is not flashy whatsoever. And if anything, uh, Jesus was against being flashy. But, you know, Jesus was also the person that did a lot of miracles And worked a lot of wonders. And so I hope people will stay tuned. Um, Like I said, I don't have anything to try to hook and grab you. I just want to teach and tell the story of Jesus Christ through his unadulterated word of God. So let's start right there with the word of God. You will definitely hear me turning pages. And that's because I'm going to my Bible, which is a King James Version Bible. And I want you to understand why I use the King James Version Bible and why everyone else should as well. When you look at the Hebrew, the Hebrew words, of course, we understand that the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and the New Testament was translated from, well, first from Latin, then to Greek. And the King James Version is our best version right now that we have that transliterates and translates the word of God to to the way that we can understand it. Your other versions, your NIVs, your message, your New Living Translation are not suitable versions. And if you understand the people that were behind the making of those versions, particularly the NIV, you'll understand why you will never read an NIV ever again. There's verses missing, particularly Matthew 17, 21, Uh, There's a whole section, uh, two verses in Acts chapter 8, when the eunuch uh, asks to be baptized. And these are doctrinal things. Jesus says, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. And if you take that out, you're robbing the reader and the soon-to-be born-again believer 
of that tool, that weapon that they have to cast out our adversary. Our adversary is the devil. And we don't live just to cast out devils. However, the enemy will come. Paul admonishes us in the sixth chapter of Ephesians to put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand. And he says we need to surround ourselves in prayer. Prayer and fasting are weapons to use against the enemy. And for anyone to take that out of the word of God is robbing a so-called army of God, an army of people of their weapons. You're sending an army out with no weapons. So, yes, you'll hear me turning and any scriptures I quote will be strictly from the King James Version. And my personal preference of Bible at this moment is the Harris Bible. And you can go to harrisbible.com and order your own Bible. And the author or maker of this Bible happens to be a personal friend of mine, but that's not why I use it. It is the best Bible in my 28 years of being in this. Uh, it is the best Bible by my, in my opinion. So the doctrine, the doctrine. I could go to Acts 2.38, and I definitely will at some point. But I want to start in Hebrews chapter 6. And just to give you a background, uh, no one really knows who wrote the book of Hebrews. Many believe it to be Paul, but we don't know the Hebrew writer's name. They don't self-identify in the book. Given its place in the Bible and the, uh, the diction, if you will, the grammar, many believe it to be the Apostle Paul. But if you go to the sixth chapter, actually I'll start in the fifth chapter. And I'll start at verse 13, Hebrews 5, 13. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And we head down to chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, and of laying on of hands, and of the resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this will we do, if God permit. So what I read in your hearing in the fifth chapter, he says, everyone that uses milk is unskillful and is, he is like a babe. In the natural, we know when we were babies, we needed milk. Any of you that are mothers or fathers, when your baby is a newborn, you feed them milk. You feed them formula or their breastfed. It, they get milk. And this is what helps them to grow and develop in their early stages of life. However, when that baby becomes five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, at some point, it's going to require more than milk. This is the same in the spiritual. We cannot continue to live on milk. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Even the world, even people that are not born again believers, 
know that verse. We must be able to use this Bible. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. It's time to get meat. It's time to get doctrine. It's time to understand that doctrine. Solomon says in Proverbs, in all thy getting, get an understanding. It's time to read your word more than once. If you completed the Bible all the way through, amen. Now, what did you know? What did you retain in your knowledge? And the Hebrew writer sets this up perfectly because he says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. This does not mean that the preceding, the following things that he's going to name, we need to leave behind. Quite the contrary. What he's saying here, and if you understand the Hebrew mindset, this is the book of Hebrews after all, that when you build a foundation, that's what's laid. It's laid there. It's left. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. We need these principles. We need these doctrines in order to be perfect. And yes, a child of God can be perfect while they are down here on earth. There are numerous scriptures that point. First Peter 5 and 10 is the first one that comes to mind. That after you have suffered a while, he is going to establish, strengthen, and make you perfect. So don't let anyone tell you that you're not perfect. But he says, let us go on unto perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms with an S, of laying on of hands that speaks of your operations, your work in the church, and of the resurrection of the dead, of course, what we call the rapture or the catching away, and of eternal judgment, revelations. God is going to set up a white throne of judgment, and everyone must judge. Every knee shall bow, every tongue must confess that Jesus is Lord. So these six principles is what I want to focus on. The Apostle Paul, we do know, that he wrote the book of 2 Timothy. And in uh, the fourth chapter, around the third verse, he said, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap themselves teachers having itching ears. If anyone proclaims to be teaching the doctrine of Christ, but they leave out repentance, or they don't talk about baptisms, or they don't talk about the resurrection or the white throne of judgment, then they are not teaching this word. They are not teaching sound doctrine. You will notice that the Hebrew writer's order in which they laid out the principles of the doctrine follows that of Peter's commandment on the day of Pentecost. The men there said, what must we do to be saved? Then Peter said, repent. And be baptized, every one of you. Why? Why do we need to be baptized? For the remission of sin. Be bapt he says, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for 
the remission of sins. It's very important that the name is in there. And he told us what that name is. The name of Jesus Christ. We call ourselves Christians, right? For the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you and your children and all that are afar off. Don't think that what Peter was saying was just for those people back then. This is for everybody. This is the reason why Jesus died on a cross. In the third chapter of the gospel according to John, Jesus tells Nicodemus that except a man be born of water and spirit. This is why there's a doctrine of baptisms. These people that Peter is talking to in the second chapter just witnessed a baptism of the spirit. They saw it and they heard it. They heard them speak in other tongues as the spirit of the Lord gave utterance. Now, if this was the only instance of this happening in the Bible, then maybe our doctrine wouldn't even exist. I don't know. But maybe it only needs to be in there once. Certainly Romans 10, 9 is only in there once. However, when you read the book of Acts, and many people call it the Acts of the Holy Ghost, and that's fine. I call it the Acts of the Holy Ghost working through the apostles, or it's just the Acts of the Apostles. Whatever you want to call it, what you see is the establishment of, the, of Jesus Christ's first church, of his church. Nowhere did Jesus say we need to deviate from what's written in the book. Nowhere did it say, well, you can follow that or you can't. It's up to you. Jesus said, except a man be born of water and of the spirit. And of course, many people believe that that water he's talking about is the natural birth. But Nicodemus says, what can a man go back into his mother's womb and be born? And he said, verily, I say unto you, except a man is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And we know in Romans, the kingdom of God is not in meat or drink, but joy in the Holy Ghost. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, Nicodemus, ye, everyone, must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, thou, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell where it cameth, and whether it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. I just read John 3, 5 through 8. There's a sound that must be made when you are born of the spirit. This is part of the doctrine, the doctrines of Jesus Christ. Let me touch on the Great Commission. In Matthew 28, this is the most famous Great Commission for whatever reason the other ones are not used, but go ye therefore, Matthew 28, 19, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. 
And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now, either the disciples understood that message or they're the most hard headed disciples of all time. Why do I say that? Because nowhere in the book of Acts or any other book will you see anyone baptized in the name of Father, Son, Holy Ghost. First of all, those aren't names. Those are titles. And if you read what Jesus said, he said to baptize them in the name, singular, of the Father. That means the Father has the name, has a name. And of the Son. The Son has a name. And of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost has a name. Paul writes in Ephesians, of whom all, uh, all of heaven and earth is named. Talking about Jesus. And I'm not here to teach Godhead, although Colossians 2 and 9 says Jesus uh, dwelt in him, dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. But the Bible also says no one can call Jesus Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. So I'm not here to break up your theology. I'm here to teach the word. And if you understand the word and if you continue to read when Jesus said, teach them to observe all things, that's exactly what the apostles did. Nine times in the scriptures, people heard the word, believed, and then were baptized. In the case of Cornelius, they received the baptism of the spirit. And then Peter said, can any man forbid? It was his birthright for Cornelius who was a believer, who communed with God. He communed with God. He had, a he had a repentance stage. Then he communed with God. He prayed to God. And God said, you know what? I need you to have my spirit. So he sent his apostle. In the eighth chapter of Acts, the eunuch said, how can, how can, I, how can I understand unless somebody teaches me? So that's why it's important to have a preacher. Even in Romans 10, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But how can they hear unless someone is sent? Let me let me quote that. Uh, how shall they how shall they believe in him who they have not heard? And how shall they hear Without a preacher, I'm in Romans 10, 14. For 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? If you understand the basis of the word apostle, it means one who is sent. Many are called, few are chosen. This is why the doctrine is so important. This is why I want this podcast to be so important. And why I named this podcast what I did. Because like Paul said, in these last days, and I do believe we are in the last days, I'm not an end times preacher, but certainly I understand the times and I know what to do. But we, if we don't have this foundation, if all we get is a good feeling when we leave church on Sunday, 
if we read the word and don't understand how from Genesis to Revelation that is talking about Jesus Christ and his death, burial and resurrection, then we have missed the mark. We have missed the point. If you catch a clue from even the first verse of our Bible, you'll understand that Jesus came to save sinners. Don't think that the son was only manifested in Matthew when the book of Matthew came around. So let's talk about this Bible. This Bible, it is, of course, 66 books. What you may not know is that it's 1,189 chapters, 31,102 verses from Genesis to Revelation, from Aleph, which is the Hebrew first letter, to Tau, which is the 22nd or the last letter, from Alpha, the first Greek letter, to Omega, the last Greek letter, which is what Jesus describes himself in the book of Revelation. From A to Z, that should be self-explanatory for all English speakers and listeners. It is the story of Jesus Christ. I mentioned that the Old Testament is translated from Hebrew. And if you understand the Hebrew writings, the biblical Hebrew writings, they were uh, formed from first pictures. They were first pictures like hieroglyphs. They were pictographs, and each letter had a meaning. The A was uh, Aleph, was an ox. And if you look at it, it looks almost like an X. However, the picture is an ox with two horns. And if you look at the pictograph of the first letter, it looks like an upside-down A. And you can go on down the line through the through the Hebrew alphabet, and you'll see that there... Ancient Hebrew alphabet is closer to our modern-day English. But we read the Bible, and of course it starts with Genesis 1, 1 and 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And if we read the gospel according to John 1 and 1, it says virtually the same thing. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the word was God. And of course, that word, the word there is Jesus. I say it says the same thing because if you decode Genesis 1 and 1, and which we will do in future podcasts, you'll see that the son was there with God. And they are one. John puts it together. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. So you must be able to find Jesus in every scripture. When you read Nehemiah, when you read Malachi, certainly when you read Zechariah, Daniel, Isaiah, those books have direct prophecy of Jesus. Ezekiel, Jeremiah, and I'm not just saying prophecies. Of course, David uh, didn't call himself a prophet. But when you read the book of Psalms, how many times Jesus quotes Psalms, Psalms 22 is an obvious rep, uh, reference to Jesus. Then you'll realize 
that the word was there from the beginning. Barashith in the Hebrew. And we must base everything on this word. The book of Revelations, chapter 22. And this is in, in, in my closing. It says, and if any man shall take away from the words of this book, of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Let me back up to verse 18. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. So it's very dangerous to take away, to add to, to modify the book of God. Certainly we can expound. Like I said, uh, Solomon said, and all that getting, get an understanding. But don't go to outside sources to try to prove what's in this book. I was very disheartened when I was reading a commentary by Matthew Henry. And it was on Acts 2.38. And he said that every believer must be baptized and receive the spirit. He left out in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. Baptism certainly has a purpose. 1 Peter 3 says, now doth baptism now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer, the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In Romans 6, Paul says, do you not know that you were baptized unto his death and we rise with the newness of life? The death, burial, and resurrection Jesus' gospel, the good news of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection needs to be taught, to be preached. And I hope that everyone that is listening, um, I hope that you understood this. I hope it is my prayer that you will come back and get some more. But I'm grateful for the time that uh, you spent I'm grateful for you tuning in. And again, please, please, please come back. Um, like us, share us, uh, whatever you can. Uh, share this page on your social media outlet. And uh, we'll continue to feed, feed you with the good news, the gospel. Amen. Let us close with prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I just thank you for yet another opportunity to read your word and expound on your word. I ask that you hide this word in our heart. Lord God, let it fall on good ground, oh God. These things we pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, you all. Thank you. Thank you again. God bless.